0: Nothing is real if you don't believe in who you are I don't believe in myself no more Don't you understand? What if I don't believe? That's it He's finished, it's over, that's it That's not it! That is it! Why don't you tell me the truth?
1: You want to know the truth? The truth is I don't want to lose what
0: I got What do we have that can't be replaced? What? A house We got cars, we got money We got everything but the truth What's the truth, damn it? I'm afraid!
2: Alright? You want to hear me say it? You want to break me down? All right, I'm afraid. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid.
0: I'm afraid, too. There's nothing wrong with being afraid.
2: There is. For me, there is.
0: Why, you're human, aren't you?
3: And welcome to the main event. That's right, Rocky. I think we're all little bit afraid at this point in light of the events that happened over the past week. I am Scott McAfee. I'm the owner of Don's Bicycle Store in Rialto and Redlands, and I'm filling in Fred Hoffman this week. Ed is on vacation. He will be back next week. I do want to make my normal disclaimer, of course, and that is I am not a professional radio talk show host, just an incredible simulation. Actually, the fact of the matter is I'm just a regular person just like you, but I'm very politically incorrect. And I have a big mouth, and I'm not afraid to use it, which, of course, makes me the perfect fill-in host for Ed. But before we get down to business, or as we see in Rialto, Bitness, I do need to point out, of course, the main sponsor of the show. And that is Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. WCC is based in Southern California with offices all over the area. If you're interested in getting involved with any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call Ed. At 855-640-2020, that's 855-640-2020, day or night, 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with Ed and you don't want to talk to him on the phone, you can find him at WCCLoans.com, where he has all kinds of mortgage information for you. If you want to apply for a loan right away, go to the Loan Center tab and click on the Apply Now button. Or if you'd like to email him first, click on the contact page and fill out the form. It goes directly to Ed and his team. And if there's any part of the main event that you want repeated, go to edhoffman.net and click on the podcast page, and you can listen to it on demand anytime. You can also get the main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, and be sure to connect with the show on social media. You can follow Ed on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where he tweets about current events all week long. And you can also like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheMainEventEdHoffman. All right. um, Well, just an incredible week, an incredible week. And I know I've been thinking about what I wanted to say all week. And obviously that the main topic of the week has been the Las Vegas shooting. Uh, As you know by now, 58 people were killed and another 400, almost 500 people injured in Las Vegas this week when 64-year-old Stephen Paddock fired hundreds of rounds on the crowd at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival from the window of his Mandalay Bay hotel room. Paddock was found dead in his suite from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The act is being called the deadliest mass shooting by a lone gunman in modern history, in in U.S. history, actually. You know, this may sound kind of unusual coming from somebody on the radio, but I I really— I have no words for this. I know that I, like, like the rest of you, have been listening to analysis and commentary about this all week, and nothing has really shed any light on what just happened. It, for me, it seems like there's just more questions than answered. 58 killed, 500 wounded, and I think sometimes we have to realize that bad things happen in the world that make no sense and, and maybe this is one of those instances, uh, this guy, you know, had, didn't, didn't fit any of the classic scenarios that you might have expected. It, usually when, when things like this happen, it's one of several distinct things. It's either a case of mental illness. And, and I remember you can see the eyes of those people that were, uh, were charged with, with those mass murders. You can, usually you see their eyes are just crazy. Uh, People that that shot up that church, the guy that shot up that church, the guy that that went into that movie theater in Colorado and killed uh, people. You you can see there's definitely something biologically, psychologically wrong with those people. Uh, The other instance is, is it religiously based? And for me, it was kind of interesting because ISIS initially claimed responsibility for this, which was sort of odd because typically ISIS, when they claim responsibility, it's because they did have some involvement. So, and thus far, it seems like there's no evidence to indicate that ISIS had any relationship to this this act. I mean, we don't know. we don't know there's still be maybe, maybe some things coming out. There also seems with this guy no major life problems what What could have caused this guy to quote crack to to lose it uh, it it just there's no events that they've uncovered so far that we'd give us any indication of why this guy did what he did and the only thing that I could say, and I don't want to rehash everything that's been hashed out all week. All I can say is pray for those people who who were killed. Pray for those people who, as we speak now, as you're listening now, are fighting for their lives in hospital rooms. Pray for the families of those people who died and and the suffering and the agony they're going through. My best friend called me up several days ago and told me that a good friend of his, a a guy that had coached his son in baseball, that had mentored his son, that actually got his, his son a scholarship, uh, to a, to a university where he's going now, was killed in this incident. So it, it was a fairly local thing. I mean, Vegas, you know, four hours away. Many of us knew people who were impacted by this, um, and it's just it's just really bizarre. So naturally, of course, what does the left do? Well, they want they want to make it about politics, and because somehow Stephen Paddock managed to get 17 automatic rifles into a Las Vegas hotel room. Liberals have gone full throttle on calling for more gun control this week. Here's just a late here's a sampling of some of the late night talk show hosts who are now legislative experts, including Trevor Noah from the Daily Show and Steve, Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we live in a world where there are people who will put a gun before your lives. You want to make America great again? Pass any kind of common sense gun control legislation. The Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan, a number of other lawmakers who won't do anything about this because the NRA has their b**** in a money clip, also sent their thoughts and their prayers today, which uh, is is good. They should be praying. They should be praying for God to forgive them for letting the gun lobby, lobby run this country.
3: You know, all this talk, I mean, it begs the question, what is the gun legislation that would have made a difference in this case? What, what would have actually, what law, tell me, please, I'm all ears, tell me the law that would have prevented this from happening. What, one of the interesting things I did this week is I talked to a friend of mine who's actually in law enforcement, because I wanted to get, I wanted to know, I've never heard, what does law enforcement say about gun control? And his answer kind of surprised me a little bit. He said that 99% of the cops are against it. And, and even whether you're on the left, you're on the right, you want gun control, you don't want gun control, you have to at least say, look... These are the people that deal with guns and crime and violence every single day. Isn't it worth listening to their opinion? And then, of course, the answer is why. Why Why do 99%—this is just his opinion. This is not, not an official survey. Why do 99% of people in law enforcement uh, do do not favor gun control? And the answer is, number one, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Taking the guns—if you, if you were to pass some log- legislation tomorrow that would— take every firearm away from people that have them legally. Um, that wouldn't do anything for all of the guns that are out there illegal. I think that's, that's most people would agree on that. The other issue of course, is you would unarm good people, people that have guns for the purpose of protection, people that might be the first responder in case something uh, terrible happened. And, and it's it, really this whole incident, it comes down to, we just can't completely protect ourselves from every single situation, everything that could go, go terribly wrong. Um, you know, if you got a guy like this, I mean, the guy had explosives as well. He had materials for making bombs. The point is that he would have found one way or another to, to kill these people. And the other statistic that's kind of interesting that my friend in law enforcement pointed out is that only 4% of crimes committed using a firearm are from legal owners. So that means that 96% of the remaining are from guns that were obtained illegally. They're stolen. They're, they're purchased illegal on the black market. So this is something that, that's interesting, I think, to note. And by the way, I got a CCW for the purpose of being able to protect myself. And the reason I got the CCW was right after the San Bernardino terrorist attack, I talked to a friend in law enforcement who was very close to that investigation and and I asked him within 24 hours. I said, "What just happened? Was this a ter- was this a terrorist attack?" And he told me three things. He said, "Number one, yes. Number two, he said we are at war. And the third thing is he told me is you need to get your CCW." So I do carry, and and I'm not a gun nut. I'm I'm not a member of the NRA. I don't subscribe to gun magazines. But I, I feel that, and I'm the I'm the kind of person that doesn't even want to carry one. I, I really don't. But I feel that in a situation where I may be. The first responder, it's, it's really important to, to be in a situation where I can't protect myself, where I can protect other people. Hillary Clinton, by the way, also weighed on this, as always. Um, she tweeted out a couple of things. She said, the crowd fled at the sounds of gunshots. Imagine the deaths if the shooter had been a silencer, which the NRA wants to make easier to get. She also tweeted out, our grief isn't enough. We can and must put politics aside, stand up to the NRA, and work together to stop this kind of thing from happening again. Why, is, why, why am I still talking about Hillary Clinton, I guess is the question. And, and I know she just came out with her book, what, a month ago. I haven't even had a chance to even talk about her book. Her book is What Happened, right? Why did she lose? So I thought I would kind of segue into my own book, by the way, and this is called What Did Happen and the Top Ten Reasons Why You Lost Hillary. So it's only one page long, so I'm just going to read it to you now. Um, but these are the top ten reasons why Hillary Clinton lost so, reason number ten, you wear ugly pantsuits. Reason number nine, you have no idea how the economy works. Don't let
2: anybody, don't let anybody tell you that uh, you know it's corporations and businesses that create jobs. You know that old theory, trickle down economics. That has been tried. That has failed. It has failed rather spectacularly.
3: Reason number eight. You do a terrible impersonation of black people.
2: The words of James Cleveland's great freedom hymn I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be.
3: i'm a white man and i even i find that offensive reason number seven why you lost earlier you lie constantly i also
2: want to take a moment to address uh the video circulating on the internet that has led to these protests uh, in a number of countries let me state very clearly and i hope it is obvious that the United States government had absolutely nothing to do with this video. We absolutely reject its content and message.
3: It was all about the video, wasn't it, Hillary? All about the video. Reason number six why you lost, you're an elitist who looks down on the rest of us. You can put
2: half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables,
3: right? The racist,
2: sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it.
3: Reason number five why you lost. You're not even healthy enough for the job.
2: And I want to thank Congresswoman Marsha Fudge for hosting us. (coughs)
1: It's
3: okay, Hillary.
0: I've been talking so... (coughs)
3: Come, Come on, drink your water. It's going to be okay.
2: Every time I think about Trump, I get allergic.
3: Come on. Get get it out. That sounds worse than allergies.
2: Boy, we have 63 days to go.
3: (laughs) I, I, I could listen to this all day. Come on, come on! This is her cough. Well, come on. Thank you. No, Hillary. (coughs) Thank you. All right, I think we've heard enough of the cough. This goes on for like minutes. It's just hilarious. Oh, reason number four, Hillary, you're not funny. Here's Hillary doing some stand-up.
2: We need we need to get that dog and follow follow them around, and every time they say these things, like, oh, you know, the Great Recession was caused by too much regulation. You know, I I think we could, we could cut right through a lot of their, uh, you know, their claims.
3: Reason number three, Hillary, you've accomplished nothing. And I don't even have a clip for this because there's nothing to play since you haven't accomplished well, anything. (laughs) Reason number two, you have no personality, uh, you can pull any clip of Hillary Clinton, listen to that, and get what I'm talking about. She sounds like a robot. She sounds like uh, totally scripted. There's no spontaneity there. There is no soul in that body. But the top one reason why Hillary Clinton lost is here we go. You have the cackle from hell. <laughs> Can we play that just one more time, please? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's enough. I I can't take any more of that. Uh, that's like is that what we wanted in the oval office, really? Is that what we wanted giving the state of the union address? I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: Arr, 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 you know?
3: Right. <laughs> Give me the dog one more time.
0: Arr, 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 okay. You know?
3: All right. Yeah, I know. I know you're not funny, Hillary. So I, I spent a fair amount of time, and I didn't, almost didn't want to come back to this topic. But I, I was, um, I came across a video of a guy that had gone it had gone viral regarding the football kneel down, the famous football kneel down that I talked about last week. And I, again, I didn't want to revisit this story, but I thought this video was so powerful that I wanted to play some clips from it. So let's uh, let's play clip one of this
1: uh, segment that I heard. This is this is this is my whole thing about is protesting and is taking a knee on the flag for all you people who just seem to not understand let me clarify this for you okay it's not about the act of protesting it's not about the act of believing in something and pursuing it it's the way you're doing it I don't know how many times people have to say this listen what does the American flag have to do with your perceived oppression what what is the national anthem have to do with these issues that people are bringing up. It is a separate issue.
3: Yeah, this guy's amazing. I found this video mesmerizing, uh, just incredible. Uh, He goes on to say this.
1: The flag and the national anthem has nothing to do with what you're talking about. You're you're, you're talking about an anthem of hope and, and, and unity within this country that have made people become great, that have made the poor become rich and give people opportunities. You're you're just talking about a flag that represents hard work, dedication, blood, sweat, and tears. Sacrifice. And the thing that makes me most upset is that you have these people who turn around and take a knee and want to attribute all the negativity to the flag and the anthem, but don't want to attribute the positive. Listen, if you feel that the American flag represents negativity and slavery and all this other stuff, then you have to give credit and credence to a flag that have given you an opportunity to go from cornfields and picking cotton to being the president of the United States of America.
3: Uh, Well said. Well said. Uh, All I can say is amen, brother. And as I predicted the last time that... I was talking about this very tough topic. My my predictions are that the NFL is going to lose 25% of their revenue over the next year. The problem with the NFL and what those players did is there's no going back now. And I don't even know. I'll ask Gabe. Are, are they still kneeling, by the way, Gabe? Um, not, I think so. I think a few still are not as
1: big as it was two
3: weeks ago. Okay, so it's not as big as it was two weeks ago. They're still kneeling. Uh, even after all this this blowback, all this flack. I, I don't follow football, so I don't know. I had to ask Gabe. He does some of our sports shows on the weekends. But the damage has been done. The viewers have left, and they ain't coming back. And I, the one thing I, I wanted to say last time I was on regarding this topic is that, for me, I don't feel bad for the players. I don't feel bad for the unions. I don't feel bad for the owners. The people that I feel bad for, are the little people, the little guys? It's the people that are cons- the work, the concessions. It's the people who sell sports memorabilia. I saw an article on a gal. She's got one of these stores, and it has all kinds of, you know, your favorite teams and this, that, and the other. Just saying, what a hit she's taking from a business standpoint. I feel people. I feel bad for people who work in the ad agencies, people who are the assistant trainers, all the little people that make a living out of the NFL. Those people is those people are going to be irreparably harmed, and, and there's just no going back. There's no going back, which is such a shame. But I think that the NFL needs to realize that the majority of the people that watch that game, not the majority, but a big chunk of them, big chunk of right-wingers, and even, even some of these comedians that we played clips from earlier, don't they realize, don't they stop and think that roughly about half of their audience might not agree with them politically? They, they just seem clueless. They seem absolutely clueless. So my next topic, uh, this is this is something that just kind of blew my, this just happened, by the way, uh, and that is that, Cal, congratulations, everybody, California is now a sanctuary state. I know that in Rialto, which is where I have one of my businesses, they tried, they attempted to get Rialto to become a sanctuary city. So I showed up at the city council meeting and lots of emotion, lots of people on both sides of this issue, by the way, and and it ended up going nowhere. So but now, of course, now, just as of like yesterday, Jerry Brown has signed into law. So it's, it's under threat of possible retaliation by the Trump administration. Governor Jerry Brown signed landmark sanctuary state legislation Thursday, vastly limiting who state and local enforcement agencies can hold, question and transfer at the request of federal immigration authorities. Senate Bill 54 which takes effect in January, has been blasted as unconscionable by the U.S. attorney Jeff Sessions, becoming the focus of a national debate over how far states and cities can go to prevent their officers from enforcing federal immigration laws. Supporters have hailed it as a part of a broader effort by majority Democrats in the California legislature to shield more than 2.3 million immigrants living illegally in the state you know, is this surprising? The answer is no, it's it's not surprising. How do, how do we get to this point? How do we get to this point? And for me, just it, I would think that the majority of people in this state that have a brain would be against this. I mean, think about what we're talking about. People that are here committing crimes cannot be turned over to law enforcement based on the fact they're illegal. Don't don't we want those people out of here? I mean, think about it. These are the people that are committing crimes. It's one thing to be here illegally, but it's another to be here illegally and commit crimes. And you're telling me we want to keep these people here? Now, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not an attorney. I don't know what this actually means from a broader perspective. May, may, I guess they don't need any more sanctuary cities because the whole damn state's sanctuary now, right? But I hope, it is my hope, that Sessions defunds this state, from any kind of federal aid that we're getting now, because that's the only way for the federal government to let the state of California know that they can get away with this. And and it really, and I I'm in this state, I'm going to suffer along with the rest of you from just terrible, terrible legislation that just got passed. And, And also I come back to the question of how does this stuff happen? How is it that some things can be voted on? You would think they'd want to put this to a vote. Why wouldn't they want to put this to a vote? Because it wouldn't pass. How is it that some things get put to a vote and other things, they almost seem like they're just kings in Sacramento. They can just pass the sweeping legislation and we all just have to live with it. So this is a huge, huge deal that just happened. Is it surprising? No. Where's it going to go from here? I I don't know. I'm not sure. But I will tell you this uh, coming. And I want to give you a little preview of the second half of the show. I want you to stay with me for the second half of the show because I will have a gentleman on, uh, Travis Allen who is an assemblyman from the 72nd District who wants to be the next governor of California. I'm going to ask him this question. How do these things happen, and what what is we as citizens can do about it? So I do definitely want you to stay tuned for that. I also want to uh, give everybody a little heads up. I actually am going to be speaking uh, for the Women's Republican Club in Upland. And I'm actually going to be doing some stand-up comedy, so you can get to hear me doing some some stand-up. That event is Wednesday, October the 25th. I will be there. The event starts at 6. I'll be speaking at 7. The event is going to be at the Magic Lamp in Upland. So I want you all to be there and uh, and meet me there. I'd love to meet some of you personally. And we're going to have a great time. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So be there. That's the Magic Lamp in Upland, October, Wednesday, October the 25th. Uh, so be there. I hope to see you all there. Other things going on in the news. It's just It's never ending. But I do want to say this one more time for those of you who who know people who were involved in the in the shooting the Vegas shooting, pray for these people, uh, pray for them, pray for their families. Uh, that's all we can do at this point. Hopefully, we'll find out more details about what happened going forward. Uh, but I want to let you know that uh, certainly all of our thoughts and prayers are with these people. What can we do going forward? It's it's I don't know. Uh, but I'll look forward to seeing you all um, at that event. I'm going to sign off for now. We're just about out of time for part one. I'm Scott McAfee. I'll be here uh, right after news, traffic, and weather. Thank you so much. And welcome back to the main event. I'm Scott McAfee. I'm the owner of Don's Bicycle Store in Rialto and Redlands. And I'm filling in for Hoffman this week. Ed is on vacation. He'll be back next week. Again, I need to make my normal disclaimer that as I am not a professional radio talk show host... Just an incredible simulation here with you today. And also, I don't want to forget that uh, to mention that if you do need to speak with Ed about mortgage information, options to buy a house for yourself or buy a house for kids to get them out of your basement, refinance your home you live in, or see what that thing is called reverse mortgage, call Ed at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, or visit www wccloans.com fill out the contact form the message will go straight to Ed and his team and one of them will get back in touch with you uh where i left on the on the last segment was i promised i was going to bring on an individual who says he wants to be the next governor of california and fix all the mess that that we're in so without further ado let me uh let me welcome travis allen welcome to the uh, the main event travis
2: Scott, thanks so much for having me on.
3: Yeah, no problem. And by the way, you're you're an assemblyman for the 70, 72nd District, uh, and that covers like Huntington Beach and Fountain Valley, and what
2: else? Uh, about 13 cities in Orange County. Uh, north coastal Orange County started with Huntington Beach. Okay. You know, I, I got to tell you, it's a rough life, Scott, but somebody's got to do it.
3: Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, <laughs> and you surf, too, by the way, right? You're a surfer.
2: Of, of, of course I do. HB is Surf City. So nice. um, I actually moved there about uh, 20-some years ago from Hawaii. And uh, living in Hawaii at the time, and they had a special name for me. It was called Howley. And, you know, they they told me it meant outsider, but I really meant it. uh, I I really knew that it meant, uh, you know, white boy that doesn't belong out here. Nice. So, uh, you know, I I hightailed it back to California, and uh, I still love Hawaii. I was just back twice in the last month. But, you know, the bottom line is is California, it's especially down at the beach, as you well know, I mean, it's incredible. So I've been lucky enough to live there for 20 years and uh, represented uh, Huntington Beach in the California State Assembly for the last five years since 2012.
3: Excellent. And we'll talk about that insane asylum in just a minute. Um, But I want to come back. Let's at least start with something that you're kind of known for and where I first heard about you, which was on the repeal the gas tax initiative. That's kind of what you're known for. Tell us where where's that thing at? Where's that going now?
2: So okay, the, the backstory is very simple. Um, you know, Jerry Brown rammed through the largest gas tax increase in California's history. Pretty much everybody's heard about it by now. But if you haven't yet, November 1st, you're definitely going to hear about it because everybody's price is going up at the pump. A gallon of gas is going to go up by 12 cents a gallon, 20%, 20 percent cents per gallon on diesel. And, and what that means, it means if, you know, you have a normal car, 20-gallon tank, it's $2.50 extra every time you fill up your car, starting in Thirty days or less on November first, right? Think about okay. this. So this is a massive tax, and we never got a chance to vote on it, right? Jerry Brown promised when he was elected in twenty ten, no new taxes without voter approval. Well, I mean, he broke that promise, and you guys got a history of lying to people, but but he broke that promise, and he actually bribed four legislators to pass this massive, you know, biggest increase in gas tax ever. And by the way, it's not just there. Starting January one, your car registration is going to go up by up to one hundred and seventy five dollars. Per year. This is a huge tax. It's going to generate about $52 billion for the government.
3: Right. Well, so, okay. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah no, no problem. Well, so, you know, I, I sat there as a, as a legislator. I said, wait a second, the people need to vote on this. And I couldn't stop in the legislature. So I wrote a ballot initiative. And we took it down to the attorney general. We filed it. It is called the repeal of the gas tax. You can learn about it online. It's www.nocagastax.com. Again, nocagastax.com. It is the only measure that has made it this far that is going to repeal our gas tax and give us a chance to vote on it. But, But wouldn't you know that 65 days later after I file it, it's the attorney general's job to provide us back with what's called a title and summary, which is what you read when you sign in front of the grocery store or, you know, in your ballot box. And and you know he is a hand-picked, appointed Democrat attorney general, uh, Javier Becerra. This is one of Jerry Brown's cronies. And so, of course, he didn't tell the truth to people. He wrote uh, a title in summary that was so misleading, so prejudicial. didn't even mention the word tax or fee in the title. So I took him to court. I sued him in Superior Court of California. And just last week, the judge slapped him down. We beat the attorney general of California, the judge took it out of his hands and actually said it was so bad, he rewrote it himself. And you better believe the gas tax repeal now tells voters exactly what it is. It is a repeal of the gas tax. And that's where we stand now. So we should have petitions out um, it, we, as long as the attorney general complies with the court's order uh, within probably three weeks or so, uh, right in time for that, that, uh, that tax increase. So go to NoCAGasTax.com and, and sign up and, and you know, get your own packet uh, and help us to volunteer to get signatures up in the state of California.
3: Now, what 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 are the odds of us actually repealing this law? What what do you think? I mean, being realistic here.
2: One hundred percent. I okay. mean, absolutely one hundred percent. Look, okay. Californians, this is a big deal. You know, when you start messing around with with Californians and their cars. And what every Californian pays the pump, that's a big thing. It's so big that back in 2003, Gray Davis, another Democrat governor, tried to triple our car registration. Well, you know, that, combined with the rolling blackouts, uh, were enough to get him thrown out of office. It's such a big deal. So you think about, you know, where we live here in Southern California. You think we actually, you think traffic's bad? Well, it is bad. It's the worst in the nation in Southern California, and you know as well as I, I've been stuck on the 91 freeway for literally two and a half hours before. Sometimes, I think one time I spent almost three hours stuck on the 91 freeway, and this is a crime. This is time that they're stealing from us, from our families, from our jobs, from the things that we love to do. And the crime is, is that not a penny of this new gas tax will go to build any new freeway lane anywhere in the state of California. And let me repeat that. None of the gas tax will go to building any more freeways or expanding any freeways anywhere in the state, which means if you don't like today's worst than nation traffic, you're going to like it even less on November 1st when you're paying an extra $2.50 every time you go to the gas station.
3: Well, you know, and i got to ask you a question. It seems like a stupid question, but for those of us who don't serve in Sacramento, for those of us who don't understand the inner workings of state government, how do these things just happen and become laws without it ever going to a vote? And, and we haven't even got to the sanctuary state thing. We'll, we'll take that one on. But how do these things happen?
2: Well, let, let me tell you a bad word. Uh, the bad word is supermajority. See, Sacramento in California is no news to it, to most of your listeners, I'm guessing. Uh, is run by the Democrats right now. Literally, it's nearly a one-party state in, in government. They have more than two-thirds in the Assembly, more than two-thirds in the Senate. And they, they have a governor's seat, too, which means that literally they can pass any law, including tax increases, and never ask you a thing about it. The Republicans can you know scream and cry all they want, but it doesn't matter because the Democrats got the numbers. And i got to tell you, this is why I'm running to be the next governor of the state of California in 2018, because we're going to change this, and we're going to change it from the top.
3: Right. And, and I, I want to jump into that next. I, I did. I had actually a list of some of these stupidest things that are being talked about in Sacramento, you know, as we speak. Um, and these are just a few things that I'll just throw at you. Uh, this is a bill that grants parole to inmates aged 60 or older who have served at least 25 years in prison. Uh, then it says death row, no parole, inmates, police killers and third strike career criminals are excluded. That's nice. Uh, a new ten dollar charge on all residents living in a mobile home park. Uh, to address, to, to address living condition enforcement in those parks, um, that you actually voted and picked an official dinosaur for the state of California. And I I can't even (laughs) pronounce this thing. I'm going to try this. It's Augustia Nothalopoulos Morrissey. I mean, for one thing, I would say, why isn't Jerry Brown, the official dinosaur? Of California. <laughs> um, here's an, another one. A bill that blackmails Tesla to unionize with the United Autos Workers Unions, of uh, giving give pressure, preferential treatment to prisoners convicted of serious crimes that are less than 25 years old because their brains are not mature enough to understand right from wrong. Uh, here's another one. The non-binary driver's license bill, which would require our true sex to be omitted from driver's licenses. And then this other one here is it's free legal services for illegal aliens. I mean, this list goes on and on and on. I mean, you got to feel like you're in an insane asylum in this place.
2: Well, look, and, and you forgot what Jerry Brown just signed yesterday. California, now according to Jerry Brown, is a sanctuary state, which means they're going to use your taxpayer dollars to defend people who are not in our country legally and committing crimes while they're here. I mean, look, these laws are insane. They literally... The the people running California, they're thugs, and the laws they're passing are criminal. What they're doing to the state is ripping it apart, one law at a time. All of these soft on crime laws are exactly why violent crime has increased by 15.4% in the last three years. It's why we had double-digit increase in violent crime last year in 34 of our major cities. And look, in the Inland Empire, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Crime is on the rise everywhere because they're letting criminals out of jail. The law that you just mentioned, if you're over 60 and you've served 25 years in jail, you automatically get parole. Even if you murdered somebody, I mean, think about this. This is craziness. And there's only one way to stop it, because these Democrats today, you know, they are to the left of Bernie Sanders. They, they're, they're so far left. They've left normal Democrats behind. I mean, you think about, you know, your nice neighbor, your coworker is a Democrat, and, you know, they don't even believe in, in the craziness that Jerry Brown's signing in the law. They don't think that people who are in our state illegally committing crimes should be sheltered and defended with our taxpayer dollars. And look, this is why we need to change in California. This is why we need to take our state back. And, and i got to tell you, very simply, Scott, there is only one way to do it. There is one race. It's the race in 2018 to be the next governor of the state of California with a new California governor, with Travis Allen as your governor of the state of California. All of this nonsense ends. And it ends with one election, and that's why I'm running to be governor.
3: Okay, and before we get into you and running for governor, so you're telling me that if you are the governor, you can repeal a sanctuary state status of California?
2: Absolutely. You so can. let me tell you how you do it. Okay, oh, please. You better believe we're, you all, we're all ears, Travis. So, Hit me. You bet. You bet. So the first thing is, you know, it turns out that pen that you use to sign those laws, it, it's going to get real heavy on my desk. So this Democrat legislature is going to try to send me all kinds of terrible laws, and you know what? I, I just don't think I'll, I'll, I'll be able to pick up that pen, and all these laws will die, and they'll get filed right where they belong in the circular file. So that's how you stop all the new bad laws. But what about the old bad laws? Well, you've got to repeal those, and you can't do the repeal through the legislature because that will still be run by the Democrats. But this is where California is special and incredible. California has direct democracy, unlike a ton of other states. In California, any issue can be brought up to the people for a vote of the people through the ballot initiative process, just like I'm doing with the repeal of the gas tax. Now, as governor of the state of California, I will have the ability to call a special election anytime I want to and put any measure on the ballot, in front of the California people for a direct vote. So if you are sick and tired of Jerry Brown and all of his Democrat far-left cronies running the state into the ground, running the state for the benefit of the San Francisco Bay Area, and, and forgetting about all of us in Southern California and everybody else in California that's working hard for a living, if you're sick and tired of that, there is one way to change this. And, and that's by electing a new governor that actually understands how to use the office to make California once again the greatest state in the nation.
3: Okay. Well, you say that, but but what about instances where the people do vote against, let's say, gay marriage? That goes to some judge, and he overturns it.
2: Okay, so so listen, you're talking to a fighter here. So what just happened with my repeal of the gas tax? I, you know, I wrote a straight-up repeal of the gas tax. Literally, it was five words. The following code sections are repealed. And I struck out 37 pages of law. I walked it down to the attorney general myself, 2000 bucks out of my own pocket, and I filed it. When he came back with a bogus title and summary, I sued him in superior court, and I won. I was talking to my attorneys, and they said, look, Travis, this is brand-new territory. We don't even know the last time anyone's beaten the attorney general like this, right? I mean, they can't even find it. And this is what it takes. It takes a guy that understands that the fight doesn't end in round one. The fight doesn't end when you get hit once or twice. The fight ends when you win. And so what happens is, is let's say, you know, the voters of California pass a great law and then the courts want to try to hold it up. Right. Well, then you take your power and you go fight them in the courts and as governor of the state of california you better believe that if you are committed to fighting something you have all sorts of tools on your side and all you need is the political will and the courage which is an incredibly short supply not only in california but across the country i mean right now we have a president who literally is carrying the weight of the entire nation on his shoulders and even his own party has abandoned him you know with mitch mcconnell and paul ryan selling out and you know, these guys these guys have a simple mandate, repeal and replace and lower taxes. And all we hear is excuse after excuse. But this is what it takes, Scott, is it takes somebody, just one person, with the courage and the will to fight. And you're talking to the guy right here. You make me the next governor of the state of California. You got a fighter on your hands and, and we only stop when we win. All right. Well,
3: and and by the way, I heard you speak at for the first time at the Summer of Conservatism. I was the MC, Larry Elder was the keynote speaker, and I was I was impressed by you. You you had the right message. You speak very well. You have a beautiful family. You've got a good business background. But coming back to running for governor, my first thought is, are you crazy? I mean, how can you win <laughs> the governorship in arguably one of the bluest states in the union?
2: You know, look, the bottom line is this I think you're crazy if you live in the state and you don't fight, right? I have sat here and watched as my parents left the state. My brother left the state. My best friend now lives in Texas. I manage money for a living. I I still run a business. I'm a certified financial planner. And my clients are now in 22 states around the nation because their jobs left and their families left and their companies left. And I'm sick and tired of it. You know, I said, wait, you can't beat me. I'm going to fight. And if we fight, we can win. So let me tell you some numbers because I'm a numbers guy. You know, the next time you're talking to somebody and they say, and you tell them, hey, this guy, Travis Allen, I think he's got a real shot to the next governor of California. And your Democrat friends are going to laugh at you and they're going to say, no way can a Republican ever win the state of California. Everybody knows it. You point out to them that in 2014, the most recent governor's race, Jerry Brown got 4.3 million votes. And then you tell them just last year, Donald Trump got 4.4 million votes. I am telling you, there are enough votes in the state of California to elect a governor of the state of California. If all you do is even just turn out the Trump voters, the numbers are there. We are the silent supermajority. And we're sick and tired of it. And we're going to take the state back.
3: Okay. and by the way, and I think running on the literally you you could have two agendas on your platform and that is repealing the sanctuary state status and the gas tax. That alone, I think, will rally people behind you. I really think that. But but let's come back to the last two election cycles. Uh, Meg Whitman, billionaire, female, uh, socially moderate. Uh, had all the plenty of money to run a campaign, got beat pretty badly. Next one, Neil Kashkari uh, got beat pretty bad. What will you do differently in terms of campaign strategy?
2: Look, you know, these candidates were pathetic face it, they were pathetic. Meg Whitman spent like 160 to $180 million and never once resonated with the people of California. Think about this. I heard her speeches. They were about three minutes long. She never even stood there for questions. She was canned answer after canned answer. Because you see, she actually didn't understand how the political process worked. She might have been a, a good CEO or even a great CEO, but she had no idea. And these guys chewed her up and spit her out. She's a terrible candidate that never resonated with people. They never felt like they could trust her. They, they simply didn't believer. And then you take a look at Neil Kashkari. Kashkari was like, he was probably the worst candidate we could have fielded for governor. This guy was not telegenic. He might have been articulate, but face it, he was an investment banker that did TARP. Not exactly the most popular thing. And oh yeah, by the way, he slept homeless for a week in Fresno to highlight the plight of the poor. That was the best that we had. Oh, oh, and then let me not forget last, Neil Kashkari was asking for Republican support. Neil Kashkari voted for Barack Hussein Obama. How do you vote for a Republican candidate that can't even support the Republican nominee for president? And, and on that note, I will tell you, there's, there's uh, right now six people in the race for governor, and there's only two Republicans. There is only one person in the race who publicly supported and voted. For the Republican nominee for president, Donald Trump. And you're talking to him right now. Well, Travis and and, Allen.
3: and you, the interesting thing is that I find some parallels between you and Trump in, from the standpoint that the odds are stacked against you. The money is against you. The media is against you. And they will pull out all the stops. And God bless you for even running, by the way. Uh, but I do see some parallels in that Trump ran on a populist message. I think for you, I think the sanctuary state thing, while not expected, I think could be a huge thing for your campaign if you actively campaign against that. Because I think. Even there's a lot of de- my sister's a lifelong Democrat. She's worked on Democrat campaigns, Democrat fundraisers for the first time ever. She voted for Trump. Why did she vote for Trump on the, the immigration issue? Uh, I think that's how you win. I think that's how you can break because you're, you're going to need Democrats. Right. I mean, you're going to need Democrat
2: voters to pull this off. Absolutely. Look, look, my top five issues are very simple. Okay. I mean, including repealing the, the sanctuary state, yep. you know, and getting rid of the single payer notion, uh, you know, the, where the government runs all your health care. What, you want to go to the DMV to see your doctor? Think about this. Single payer, what, what Gavin Newsom wants. And remember, Gavin Newsom is the front runner for the Democrats, the former yeah. mayor of San Francisco. I was going
3: to ask you, you think that's think- going to be your likely opponent?
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. well, without a doubt. Look, you're, you're going to wake up June of 2018. Your paper is going to read Travis Allen challenges Gavin Newsom to be the next governor of the state of California. Okay. And that's when you know when, when the victory starts. But Gavin Newsom, he's bought and paid for by the Nurses Union, and, and they're run by socialists or communists. I mean, literally, these guys want single-payer health care, which means you've got to go to the DMV to see your doctor. How well did the VA system work out for those veterans that needed medical help? Not so well, and I got to tell you, that's never going to happen here in California. But the top five issues are very simple: you got to cut taxes in California, you got to get tough on crime and repeal these ridiculous soft-on-crime laws, you got to once again rebuild our roads, but expand our freeways so we're not stuck in traffic anymore. I mean, it's it's the most basic thing in the world, and the state's got plenty of money to do it—more money than we've ever had in history. We got plenty of money; we just got to spend it the right way. Then we gotta fix our education system. The California Teachers Union spends two hundred million dollars uh, an election cycle on politics. And and these are the guys that won't let you fire bad teachers. They force parents to send their kids to terrible schools, right? There's no there's no parent choice because the teachers union values teachers and bureaucrats over the education of our children. And and lastly, water. You know, we got we gotta fix our broken state water system. We need Water storage up and down the state because we don't have to live through these droughts every decade. We have the technology. We have the manpower. All we got to do is store the rain when it comes down and not let it wash out into the Pacific Ocean every time it comes down. So these are the very simple, straightforward issues. And by the way, here's the thing. You asked, how do you get Democrat votes? Yep. Every single issue I just mentioned, including getting rid of the sanctuary state nonsense and making sure that we're never a single-payer state where the government doesn't run your health care. Every single issue is agreed on by 60 to 80 percent of every Californian, regardless whether you're a guy, a girl, how much money you make or what political party you're in or what region of state you're in. They're all 60 to 80 percent issues. And that's how you win. You talk common sense to Californians and you say, look, you have been lied to for decades now. The legislature has been run by California Democrats for four decades, with about a year and a half exception in the 1990s. We have been lied to in California and our state going down the drain because of it. It's about time we get a common sense. Californian who was born and raised right here in California, I was born five minutes from the border down in San Diego, and you better believe, You know, of course, I, I do it all, but you need a real Californian that actually understands the issues, that can tell Californians the truth in plain English, and is willing to fight for it, and has got a record of fighting and winning and that's travis allen
3: okay well and and, and we got a couple minutes left but talk, take us through briefly for those of us who don't understand take us through the primary process what do you have to actually do to get the nomination
2: and what's that so going to look the like? bottom line is yeah you're we're going to need about uh we figure about 1.2 million votes something okay. like that um you know and and you ask you know, how, how do you get there you know how do you get the votes well yep. I am the, the, the largest, I have the largest social media presence of any Republican state of California. If you're on Facebook, go find me on Facebook right now, it's at Join Travis Allen. Hit like on the page, you'll get all of my updates, right? I, I, you take a look, at my, my post this morning, by the way, uh, was against sanctuary states, and I say, look, very simply, and you can read it, it's, it's sitting on Facebook right now at Join Travis Allen. As a state assemblyman, I wrote legislation that would have defunded sanctuary cities in California. I just did that last year, and it was defeated by the Democrats. As your next governor, I will reverse Jerry Brown's unconstitutional sanctuary state and ensure that California follows federal immigration law for the safety of all California's citizens, right? It's very simple. So I, I have the largest social media presence. I'm up and down the state of California. I have do twenty-five media appearances almost every single week, whether on the radio, TV, or, or in the newspaper. I was just published in the San Francisco Chronicle again yesterday um, for you know talking about how the Democrats are making our state poorer with all of their welfare policies and, and free money to people for not working. Um, we've talked about all the homelessness in California, but the bottom line is the way that we truly win is to become a household name. It's to get the name Travis Allen out up and down the state of California. If you are sick and tired of being taken advantage of, if you're sick and tired of being stuck in traffic, if you're sick and tired of paying the nation's highest taxes, right, and told that you don't even matter in your own state and that people that shouldn't even be in our state can commit crimes and you've got to pay for them with your taxpayer dollars, if you're tired of that and you want to take your state back, there's only one choice – And that's the word we got to get out. And that one choice, again, it's it's Travis Allen. And I am more than happy to fight this fight because I figure look, Scott, if I'm going to live in this state and I'm going to enjoy this state, then I'm going to have to fight for the state. And it's worth fighting for. And we are fighting on behalf of all the 39 million Californians who have something better to do with their lives other than be in politics.
3: Well, and I think it's important for us as Republicans, we we seem to be so divided on so many different things. We're we're not like the Democrats that kind of line up behind whatever and they just, there's no dissent. Uh, But it's important we're going to have to coalesce behind one candidate. So, I, you know, again, based on my my brief experience with you, you're the guy that that I will back personally. You're the guy I want to give you some more airtime if you want to so come much. back. On the, yeah, no, come back on the show, please. Uh, I, I admire you for even running. Uh, you have a daunting task ahead of you. You're going to need a hell of a grassroots campaign behind you as well. You're going to need volunteers. You're going to need a lot of. You're going to need money. You're going to need a fundraise. You're going to need to make as many appearances as you can. I mean, you're going to be going 100 miles an hour. I would think over the next next couple couple of months.
2: You better believe it, and I already am. Look, if you like what you've heard today, I already have 50,000 volunteers signed up up and down the state of California. If you like what you hear, find me on Facebook at Join Travis Allen. Find me on the web at JoinTravisAllen.com. Hit that volunteer button. Sign up to be a volunteer. If you want to repeal the gas tax with me, go to NoCAGasTax.com. If you donate 5 bucks, just $5, I will send you out your own petition packet that has space for 23 signatures of California voters. And I'll even send you a postage paid return envelope to send it back for free. Okay. So I mean, help us out with this effort. Because if you value your state, if you think this state is worth saving, as I do, you got to stand up and you've got to fight. So find me on Facebook, like the page, Find me on the web at JointTravisAllen.com. Go to NoCAGasTax.com. But stand up. Be accounted. Make sure we vote. And we can take this whole thing back, Scott.
3: Travis, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming on with the main event. Uh, Good luck in your race for governorship. We're out of time. Uh, Ed will be back next week. Thanks all for listening.
2: The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, and California Finance Lenders License number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood if Funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to
3: hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my
2: life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it.
0: They had to get rid of Flynn.